0: Hello, welcome back to These Are The Words. I'm Eric Groon and uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Um, let's see if I can find some music. No commercials, no commercials. Okay, this is Moe's Cosmic Convergence, 2016, Guatemala. Guatemala. Guatemala comes from the Nahuatl na word, Na-wiki, Nauiki, wiki or place of many trees, a derivative of the Keiche, Mayan word, for many trees. Or perhaps, more specifically, for the quate, quatli, quatli tree, the quatli tree, Eisenhartia Eisenhartia Guatemala, place of many trees, Guatemala, place of many trees. technology chanting or drumming or rattling on, that is designed to uh, to induce a non state, to get people into a trend so these cultures uh, use this technology not to entertain people like our artists we entertain people but they were looking for that can change the uh, synchronization, desynchronization in the brain. Okay, Okay, this will be the last episode of The Secret of Shambhala In Search of the 11th Insight Um, I'm going to start reading from a different book tomorrow Starting tomorrow uh, Or the next episode Um, If you want to pick up the book And continue reading it it's about a hundred pages more it's not that much more Uh, we're currently actually in the chapter seven I think called Entering Shambhala (coughs) and uh, it's called The Secret of Shambhala In Search of the Eleventh Insight and it's written by James Redfield and it's a very interesting book Um, so, you could probably find it on Kindle, or uh, just pick up the hard copy, I have the hard copy, It's, it's nice to have the hard copy of a book. Okay, when we arrived, the house was just like Annie's except that it was built into the side of a hill and had different furniture. I noticed an identical black box outside and we entered through the force field just as before. We were met by Tashi and another woman who introduced herself as Pema. Pema was taller than Ani and slimmer. Her hair was jet black and long She wore only a long white dress and was smiling, but I realized that something was not quite right. She asked to see Ani alone and they walked into another room, leaving Tashi and me sitting in a living area. I was about to ask him what was wrong when I felt an electricity in the air behind me. I saw the rippled distortion open just like the one I'd seen in the force field around Annie's house, only this time it appeared in the middle of the room. I blinked trying to grasp what was happening. As I focused I saw a field with small plants through the distortion, as though it were a window. To my surprise a man walked through the opening into the room. Tashi stood up and introduced us. The man's name was Dorji. He nodded politely to me and asked where Pema was. Tashi pointed toward the bedroom. What just happened? I asked Tashi. He looked at me with a smile. Pema's husband arrived from his farm. Can't some of you do this in the outer cultures? I told him... Briefly, about the rumors and myths about yogis who could project themselves to distant locations. But I've personally seen anything like this. I've never personally seen anything like this. I added, trying to regain my composure. How is it done exactly? We visualize the place where we want to go and the amplifier helps us to create a window into that place right in front of us. It also creates an opening back into the other direction as well. That's how we could see where he was before he came through. And the amplifier is the black box outside. That's right. And all of you can do this. Yes, and it is our destiny to do it with the ampli- without the amplifier. He stopped and stared at me, then asked... Will you tell me about the culture you came from in the outer world? I want to interject real quick. Um, amplifiers. Amplifiers. There are natural amplifiers where, that I am aware of. I am aware of uh, particular amplifiers that can be used. Um Crystals. Crystals are amplifiers. Coral. Coral is a natural amplifier. Coral. And seashells. uh, Seashells are amplifiers as well. Um... Crystals, Quartz is a natural amplifier. Any kind of quartz. And various uh, crystals are amplifier. But quartz is especially an amplifier. Uh, seashells. Um, um, a conch. A conch shell. Is an amplifier. Uh, the reason... Okay. One of the reasons why um, in ancient, uh, Indian tradition, they blow a conch shell is to, um, is to herald someone, is to, um, call, is to give a call, a unique call. And that unique call is the call of the spirit, the person's spirit, the person's, um, ego is involved, the person, the, the persona, or the ego, the person, see, the ego is not as, as, as much as many people try to, uh, kill the ego, and, and it's, uh, I think it's, I personally think it's silly to try killing your ego, <laughs> because your ego is yourself, so, to, to blowing on a conch shell is to announce your presence and uh, it is an amplifier the sound which comes from a conch shell um, the sound also um, you can use a buffalo horn or a horn uh, different horns are literally actually animal horns they are literally animal horns like the shofar the shofar can be blown it's a a ram's horn if I if I'm not mistaken the shofar is an amplifier and the Vikings the Vikings use a particular horn to blow on as well to summon um, various uh, Nordic gods so these are amplifiers Anything that you can use as a horn is an amplifier. Uh, A brass horn is an amplifier. Um, So you can use this. uh, Crystals are amplifiers and seashells are amplifiers. So you can use them in a way when you meditate and pray and um, fix your mind on your energy level. you can use these devices as amplifiers. But here, this is, going back to the story, okay. And the amplifier is the black box outside? That's right. And all of you can do this. Yes, and it is our destiny to do it without the amplifier. He stopped and stared at me, then asked, Will you tell me about the culture you came from in the outer world? Before I could answer, we heard a voice from the bedroom declare, "'It's happened again!' Tashi and I looked at each other. After a few minutes, Ani led Pema and her husband out of the bedroom, and they all sat down in the living room beside us. "'I was so certain that I was pregnant,' Pema said." I could see the energy and feel it moment- momentarily, and feel it momentarily. And then, within a few minutes, it disappeared. It must be the transition. Tashi was looking at her intensely, totally fascinated. What do you think happened? I asked. We have intuited, Ani said. That it is some kind of parallel pregnancy and that the child has gone somewhere else. Dorji and Pema looked at each other for a long moment. We'll try again, Dorji said. It almost never happens twice in one family. We must be going, Ani said, standing up and embracing the couple. Tashi and I followed her out through the force field. I was still overwhelmed. In some ways the culture here seemed ordinary, in other ways totally fantastic. I tried to take it all in, I tried to take it all in, as Ani led us a a dozen or so yards to a beautiful rock ledge overlooking the massive green valley below. How could there be a temperate environment this large in Tibet? I blurted out. Ani smiled the temperature is controlled with our fields and to those with less energy we are invisible although the legends say that will although the legends say that will begin to change when the transition grows near i was startled you know about the legends i asked you know about the legends i asked ani nodded of course shambala is the original holder of the legends as well as many prophecies all through history. We helped bring spiritual information into the outer cultures. We also knew that it was only a matter of time before you began to find us. Me personally, I asked? No, anyone from the outer cultures. We knew that as you generally raised your level of energy and awareness, you would begin to take Shambhala seriously, and that some of you would be able to come here. That is what the legends say, at the time of Shambhala's shift or transition, people from the outer cultures will arrive, and not just the occasional adepts from the east, who have always found us periodically, but people from the west as well, who will be helped to come here. You said the legends predicted transition, what is that? The legends say that as the outer cultures begin to understand all of the steps to extending the human prayer field, how to connect with divine energy and let it flow through with love, how to set your field to bring on the synchronistic process and uplift others, and how to anchor this strong field with detachment, then the rest of what we do here in Shambhala will become known. You're talking about the rest of the fourth extension. I looked, oh, she looked at me knowingly. Yes, that is, after all, what you're here to see. Can you tell me what it is? She shook her head. You must take it one step at a time. You must first realize where humanity is going, not intellectually, but with your eyes and feelings. Shambhala is the model for that future. I nodded as I looked at her. It's time for the world to know what human beings are capable of, where evolution is taking us. Once you grasp it fully, you will be able to extend your field even more, grow even stronger. She shook her head and added, But understand that I don't have all the information about the fourth extension. I will be able to guide you through some of the next steps, but there is more that is known only by those at the temples. But there is more that is known only by those at the temples. What are the temples? I asked. They are the heart of Shambhala, the mystical place you imagined. It's where the real work of Shambhala is done. Where are they located? She pointed north across the valley at a strange circular group of mountains in the distance. Over there, past those peaks, she said. During the time we were talking, Tashi was silent, listening to every word. Ani looked at him and brushed back his hair with her hand. It was my intuition that Tashi, but he seems to be more interested in life in your world. I jerked awake, sweating. I had been dreaming of walking through the temples with Tashi and someone else, on the verge of understanding the fourth extension. We were in a maze of stone structures, most of them sandy bronze. But out in the distance was a temple that appeared bluish in color. A person in dramatic Tibetan attire was standing outside. In the dream, I began running from the Chinese official I had seen several times before. He was chasing me through the temples and they were being destroyed. I was hating him for what he was doing. I sat up and tried to focus, barely remembering the walk back to Ani's house. I was now in one of her bedrooms and it was morning. Tashi was sitting in front of the bed on a big chair, staring at me. I took a deep breath and tried to calm down. What's wrong? he asked. Just a scary dream, I said. Will you tell me about the outer cultures? Can't you just go there through a window or wormhole, or whatever you call it? He shook his head. No, this is not possible, even at the temples. My grandmother intuited that it could be done. But no one has succeeded because of the differences in the energy levels between the two places. Those at the temples can see what is happening in the outer cultures, but that's all. Your mother seems to know a lot about the outer world. We get our information from those who reside in the temples. (coughs) They come back often, (coughs) especially when they sense that someone is ready to join them. Join them? (coughs) Excuse me. join them? Almost everyone here aspires to acquire a place in the temples. It is the greatest honor and and an opportunity to influence the outer cultures. As he spoke, his voice and level of maturity reminded me of someone 30 years old. Even though he was large, it was disconcerting to look at his 14-year-old face. "'How about you?' I asked. "'So you want to go to the temples?' "'He smiled and looked toward the other room "'as he didn't want his mother to overhear. "'No, I keep thinking about somehow going to the outer cultures. "'Will you tell me about them?' "'For half an hour, I told him as much as I could "'about the current state of affairs in the world, "'the way most people lived, the diets most ate.' The struggle to institute democracy around the globe, the corrupting influence of money on government, the environmental problems. Far from being alarmed or disappointed, he soaked it all in with enthusiasm. Presently Ani came into the room, sensed that there was a conversation of note going on and paused. Neither of us said anything and I slumped back down on the pillow. She looked me over. We've got to get more energy into you, she, she remarked. Come with me. I put on my clothes and met her in the living area, then followed her outside and around to the back of the house. Here the trees were very large and spaced about 30 feet apart. Between them was a coarse grass like sage and dozens of other plants that looked like huge asparagus ferns. She urged me to move my body and I attempted the exercises Yin had showed me. Now sit here, she said when I finished, and raise your energy again. As she sat beside me, I began to breathe in and focus on the beauty around me, visualizing the energy coming into me from within, as before the colors and shapes began to stand out very easily. I looked over at Annie and saw an expression of deeper wisdom on her face. ''That's better,'' she said. ''You still weren't all here yesterday when we visited Pema.'' ''Do you remember what happened?'' ''Sure,'' I replied. ''Most of it.'' ''Do you remember what happened when she thought she had conceived?'' ''Yes, one moment it seemed to have been there, and then it was gone.'' ''What do you think happened?'' I asked. No one really knows. These disappearances have been occurring for a long time. In fact, they began with me 14 years ago. At that time, I was sure I was pregnant with twins, a boy and a girl, and then in an instant one of them was gone. I gave birth to Tashi, but I have always felt that his sister was alive somewhere since then, couples here have routinely had the same experience. They feel sure that they conceived and then suddenly they realize their wombs are empty. All of them go on to have other births, but they never forget what happened. This phenomenon has been occurring with regularity throughout Shambala all these 14 years. She paused for a moment then said it has something to do with the transition maybe even with you being here i looked away i don't know aren't you having any intuitions i thought for a minute and then remembered the dream i was about to tell her about it but i couldn't decide what it meant so i didn't not really any intuitions i said just a lot of questions she nodded waiting How does the economy work here? How does the economy work here? What do most people do with their time? What do most people do with their time? We have evolved to a place where we no longer use money, Ani explained, and we no longer manufacture or build items like in the outer cultures. Tens of thousands of years ago, we came from cultures that had made the things they needed, like you do. But as I told you, we gradually came to understand that the true destiny of technology was to be used to develop our mental and spiritual abilities. I felt the soft sleeve of my parka. You mean everything you have is a created energy field? That's right. What keeps it together? Once created, these fields last for as long as the energy is not disrupted by negativity of some kind. What about food? Food can be created in the same way. But we found that food is best grown by individuals in a natural process. Food plants respond to our energy and give it back to us. Of course, we no longer have to eat very much to stay vibrant. Most in the temples don't eat at all. What about power? How are the amplifiers powered? Energy is free. A long time ago we discovered a device using processes that you would call cold fusion. It created virtually free energy for our culture, which liberated us from spoiling the environment and enabled us to automate our mass production of goods. Gradually all our time became focused on our spiritual paths, on synchronistic perception and on discovering new truths about our existence and providing this information to others. As she spoke, I recognized that she was describing a human future I first leaned, I first learned about in the ninth and 10th Insights. As we developed spiritually here in Shambhala, she went on, we began to understand that human purpose on this planet was to evolve a culture that is spiritual in all its aspects and then we realized that we had a greater power within us that we had a greater power within us to help us accomplish what needed to be done. We learned the prayer extensions and used them to further evolve our technology, as I've already explained, to help facilitate this creative power. At this point we live simply in nature and the only technology that remains are these units that help us mentally create everything else we need. Did all that evolution take place right here? Did all that evolution take place right here? I asked. No, not at all, she said. Shambhala has moved many times. Her statement shocked me for some reason and I questioned her further. Oh yes, she clarified, our legends are very old and come from many sources. All the myths of Atlantis and the Hindu legends of Meru stem from old civilizations that really existed in the past where the early evolution of Shambhala worked itself out. Developing our technology was the most difficult step. Because to place technology fully in the service of our individual spiritual development, everyone must move to a point where spiritual understanding is more important than money and control. And I'll leave you here. I'll leave this at page 155. Entering Shambhala. There's only a... Well let's see I'll finish the chapter it's only a couple pages okay that takes some time because people who are locked up in fear and think they personally need to manipulate the course of human evolution with their egos often desire to use advances in technology in negative ways to control others in many early civilizations a few controllers tried to subvert the use of the amplification machines By trying to use them to monitor and control other people's thoughts, many times these attempts ended in war and mass destruction and humanity had to start all over again. The outer cultures face this problem right now. There are people who want to control everyone else by using surveillance, embedded chips and brainwave scans. What about the artifacts of these ancient cultures you're speaking about? Why has almost nothing ever been found? Continental drift and ice have buried much of it, and then once a culture progresses to a point where material goods are being created mentally, if anything goes wrong and a wave of negativity brings the energy down, it simply all disappears. I took a breath and shrugged. Everything she said made perfect sense, yet at the same time was utterly disconcerting. It was one thing to hypothesize human civilization evolving toward a spiritual future. It was quite another to find oneself immersed in a culture that had already reached it. Ani moved closer. Just remember that what we have done is the natural course of human evolution. We are ahead of you, but because we have done what we've done, the way can be easier for you in the outer cultures. She paused, and I broke into a grin. Your energy looks... Your energy looks... Much better now, she said. I don't think I've ever felt this alert, she nodded. She nodded. As I said before, it's the level of energy the individuals here in Shambhala maintain. It's contagious. There are so many people here who know how to bring energy into themselves and project it outward to others that it creates a multiplying effect where everyone takes in the prayer energy they have received from others and sends it out to everyone else again. Do you see how it grows? All the assumptions and expectations of everyone in a culture flow together and make one big cultural prayer field. The general level any culture receives or the general level any culture achieves is determined almost solely by how con- by how conscious its members are about first the existence of their prayer fields in general and then second how to extend them consciously when the extensions are finally practiced the energy level soars if everyone in the outer cultures knew how to bring in it in energy and flow it out making the prayer extensions a priority, they could achieve the level we have here at Shambhala just like that." She snapped her fingers for emphasis, then added, "'That's what we are working on at the temples. We use our prayer extensions to help raise the awareness in the outer cultures. We've done this for thousands of years.' I considered her words, then asked, "'Tell me everything you know about the fourth extension.' She was silent a moment longer, staring at me very seriously. ''You know you must take it one step at a time,'' she replied. ''You were helped, but in order to get here you had to know the first three extensions and part of the fourth. You must stop now and understand exactly how the extensions actually work. When an extension is completed, one's energy reaches out farther and becomes stronger. This occurs because when you send your energy out to bring in synchronistic experiences and uplift others, and when you anchor this energy with detachment and faith, you are promoting the divine plan, and the more you can act and think in harmony with the divine, the stronger your power gets. Do you see? There is a built-in safety device, as you've no doubt seen. God is not going to turn up the power in you unless you are on the same page with universal intention. She touched my, my shoulder. So what you have to do now is get clearer about where humanity is supposed to go, how overall human culture must evolve. It is time for this to happen. That is why you and others are finally seeing and understanding Shambhala. This is the next step in the fourth extension. You must really grasp the intended future of humanity. Already you've grasped how we have mastered technology and placed it in the service of our inner spiritual evolution. Experiencing this extends your energy out farther, because you can now set this expectation into your prayer field. It is important to understand how this works. You already know how to send the field out in front of you. As you walk through this world, and you know how to set it to increase energy and synchronistic flow in yourself and others. And you know how to set it to increase energy and synchronistic flow in yourself and others. You extend your field another step when you not only visualize your field uplifting the people around you into their higher intuitions, but do it with a certainty of where everyone's higher intuitions, yours and theirs, are leading toward an ideal spiritual culture like the one you see here in Shambhala. When you do this, it helps them find their part to play in this evolution." I nodded anxious for more information. Don't go too fast, she cautioned. You have not yet seen all of how we live here. Not only have we mastered technology, we have also restructured our world to focus entirely on spiritual evolution. On the mysteries of existence. On the life process itself. Okay, so now I'll leave you here. Because chapter 8 begins the life process. And, um... uh, You can pick up the book and read it. I I recommend it. It's it's a very nice book. It's a nice story. and It's well written. Uh, I like James Redfield. I've read uh, The Celestine Prophecy. Um... And uh, the secret of Shambhala now. I, I, I read a little bit of the 10th insight, but not much. Okay, so now I'm going to read um, Exodus from the book of Exodus. The Lord provides water. Then Moses... Okay, Exodus chapter 15, 22. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea. or caused Israel to journey, uh, the Sea of Reeds, literally the Sea of Reeds, actually the, the Sea of Reeds, and, and uh, uh, during one of my seasons, I forget which one, during one of the first three seasons, I, I spoke of the Sea of Reeds, and the Red Sea, and uh, alternative viewpoints about how uh, the the Nile River was the Sea of Reeds, and um, the, the Israelites actually crossed from the uh, Sahara, into uh, Ethiopia. Um, but uh, the the other viewpoint is uh, that um, Moses, the power of God worked through Moses to actually split the Red Sea. And the Sea of Reeds uh, is a portion of uh, the Red Sea that is north uh Close to Goshen, and close to the the Nile Delta, and uh, east of the Nile, um, so they actually crossed over into what is today called the Sinai Desert. Um, but uh, there are different views of whether the Sinai was actually the Sahara or the Sinai was called the Sinai Peninsula today. Um, so. Well, the landscape around these areas in East Africa and in uh, northern Mesopotamia or uh, Canaan are, uh, you know, very similar. There's a lot of desert and mountainous regions and volcanic areas. Um, So it's, uh, you know, it's similar. Talking about today, you know, I heard today a woman talk about uh, African religions or African spirituality being the same as the the religion or spirituality of the Bible. And uh, although we can say, you know, I can make correspondences. Let's say uh, the book of The Secret of Shambhala uh, makes a certain point, you know. Um, it could be making a certain point. Uh, uh, it could be making a similar point to something that's... Uh, that's, uh, spoken of in the Bible. That's something that, uh, God makes a point of, or that, that the stories of the Bible make a point of. Um, but just because, you know, various cultures and various traditions, traditions or, or different religions make similar points, make, uh, you know, point to the similar things, does not mean that they are the same thing. It does not mean that they even point to the same thing. Um... I know from my own experience that uh, dealing with various spirits, um, there are similarities involved, there are similarities involved, but uh, I'm one person and I have uh, only the perception of me, like I have only, I can only reference me through my experience uh, I cannot talk, I cannot really speak for someone else uh, about what they experience, you know, they would have to speak for themselves, and also, um, just because, like, I, I maybe, like, uh, the idea of a doppelganger, maybe, or you have a twin, even a twin, even if it's an identical twin, you have a twin, you're not your twin, you are a separate person, you're a separate entity. So even if you are, uh, very close to looking, uh, like the other person, it is not, you are not the other person, you know? So I think in order to respect, um, where we all come from, uh, we have to, we have to give, uh, respect to the various, Identities, the various persons, the various spirits, the various uh, entities that are uh, that e- that exist, and um, the God of the Bible is not uh, any other God. It's the it's the God that of Israel. Of, it's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's the God of uh, of Israel. It's the Father of Jesus Christ, uh, and. That is the God that they claim to be the one true God. So, the Bible claims uh, one God and is not the other. Even if a name sounds similar. um, You know, my name is Eric. And other people, I've met other people whose names uh, are also Eric. But Eric is spelled in different ways. My my way of spelling Eric is E-R-I-C-H. Somebody else's way of spelling Eric is E-R-I-C. It is not the same. And somebody else's name is E-R-I-K. It is not the same name. It sounds the same, but it's not the same. So just because something seems to be the same, you have to give it its proper due. Its credit. Credit where credit is due and identify it as being what it is, not something else. But anyway, okay. So, then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness, and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter... Therefore, it was named Mara. Mara, uh, probably modern Ain Hawa'ra. Hawa'ra. Ain Hawa'ra. Inland from the Gulf of Suez and 50 miles south of its northern end. Uh, okay. So the people grumbled at Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Uh, Grumbled, during their wilderness wanderings, the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron whenever they faced a crisis. In reality, however, they were grumbling against the Lord. Paul warns us not to follow their example. Yeah, God, the God of the Bible, does not like grumbling, does not like complaining and grumbling because it shows a lack of faith. So the people grumbled at Moses saying, what shall we drink? Then he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, and he threw it into the waters, and the waters became sweet. So then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. Showed him a tree. Okay? Uh, For a similar occurrence, a statute and regulation... Technical terms, presumably referring to what follows in, uh, Israel also connection, uh, okay. So, okay, so the Lord showed him a tree and he threw it into the waters and the waters became sweet. So I'm not sure because in English you can't know, you won't know. The Lord Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And it says, and he threw it into the waters. Who is he? Is is he Moses or is he God? And the waters became sweet. So we don't know. We don't know. Okay, there he made for them a statute and regulation, and there he tested them. Now he, in here in the English, is capitalized. So there, it it means God. And he said, And he said, If you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, and give ear to his commandments, And keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you. Which I have put on the Egyptians. For I. The Lord. Am your healer. Then they came to Elim. Where there were 12 springs of water. And 70 date palms. And they camped there beside the waters. Okay. So. From the rest of the passage, we we can deduce that the Lord showed Moses a tree and the Lord, God, threw it into the waters and the waters became sweet. Now, this literally happened, okay? God literally did this. He, he, he did not show him just like a, um, a vision like a it, it didn't say Moses had a vision it says God showed Moses a tree and he threw the tree the entire tree and he threw it into the waters and the waters became sweet and there God made for them a statute and regulation and there God tested them and God said, if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God, and these are these are uh, sub, you know, Lord your God is um, a substitute for a name of God. Lord, the Lord your God. Let's see. The Lord will provide. The Lord, God has different names. Uh, the Lord, our righteousness. The Lord that heals. The Lord that heals is uh YHWH 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 Rafa 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 is the Lord that heals Um so Exodus 15:26 says Uh, the Lord that heals Yohevahe Rafa Rafa is the the name of the Lord here okay Yohevahe 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 is the name of uh, the Lord your God. So Yohevahe is saying here telling them if you will give Yohevahe said if you will give earnest heed to the voice of Yohevahe Rafa and do what is right in his sight, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians, for I, the Lord, am your healer. Okay. Then they came to Elim, where there were twelve springs of water and seventy date palms, and they camped there beside the waters. And they camped there beside the waters. Okay, so so yeah, I was listening to somebody talk about African religions and say that it's the same thing as the religion of the Bible. But no, the Lord here is is telling his people, my name is Yohei Bahe Yohebahe. Rafa, Yohei hey Rafa, and I am your healer. So, in the African religion, the Orisha tradition, Babalu'aye, Babalu'aye is the Obatala that uh, is in charge of um, causing others to become sick or plagued by disease, and healing those diseases healing plagues healing diseases um, so you would give you would you would consult uh babaluaye you know in order to to deal with plagues but the the biblical name of god is not babaluaye This is Jehovah Rapha. Rapha is his name. Jehovah Rapha. You know, that is the Lord uh, in the book. That is the Lord. That is the the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the father of uh, Yehoshua. Yehoshua. Or Yahshua. Or Yeshua. Or Yeshua. That is the God of Jesus Christ. That is the father of Jesus Christ. So that is not uh, one of the Orishas. So I just want to make that clear because uh, we have to understand that uh, the story of the Bible, even though I was making correspondences between The Secret of Shambhala, The Secret of Shambhala is a book on its own. and And it talks about certain principles of itself. In and of itself, and it talks about Shambhala in itself, in its own way, and uh, God uh, brings the Israelites, brings us into the Promised Land in His own way, and so God says, "If you will heed to the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in His sight, and give ear to His commandments." and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians, for I the Lord am your healer. So, if we are Christians or Jewish, if we are Judeo-Christian, we ought to we ought to pay earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God as it is found in scripture. That's all I want to say, and so I'll pick up next time, next season, and I will, um, I will surprise you with the book for the next season. Uh, and uh, thank you for listening. God bless you, and good night.